Welcome back to another episode of the Bangin' and Clangin' Sports Podcast. That is right. Welcome back. And as always, we are your gracious and lovely hosts. We have Crossbones here. Men who arms could probably cover the circumference of the earth. Allegedly. Allegedly. And I am Blake Brown, probably second largest arms. And as we talk, I am enjoying Greek yogurt with some granola. Ah, uh, Greek yogurt is always a good choice. That's right. And a little bit of granola is like the extra cherry on top of this. Very crunchy. Very That's crunchy. Um, I was going to say, uh, eating granola, I mean, eating yogurt when it's cold, you don't, you don't find that difficult at all? When it's cold? No. Like granola and cold yogurt, I used to, it's the kind of re- refreshing, actually. It's, I, I had no problem with it. How uh, was your yogurt? Ah, uh, this is a soup. This was a soup day. This is a soup day for me. Soup there. Uh-oh. He's changing up to see what kind of soup we got. Uh, some chicken noodle. Chicken noodle, the classics. Do you have soups when, I don't know, they came out a while ago, a while back. I remember as a kid, I used to like eating them because the football commercial, was it called Chunky Soup? You remember that? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, Donovan McNabb did a lot of those commercials. Yeah, that's what got me into like wanting to eat chunky soup because as a kid, I thought I'd look like him if I eat a bunch of that. <laughs> Being yeah, 10 kind of, you know, made it cool. <laughs> I always will say that the marketing campaigns of uh, the early 90s and uh, 2000s to the 80s, those are some great marketing campaigns. They always made you believe. That's right. I don't think it's like, you know, nowadays you can see this, like the freaking, uh, what's it called, smoke and mirrors. But back then it was like, it was, it was cool because it, it, like, you could believe someone. It makes you believe. Even the WWE's Campbell, what's it called? Uh, what's the Chef Boy ID commercial with Mankind, Rock and Kane? Those things made you believe too. That's like, oh, they eat it too. Maybe I look like them if I eat it. Or maybe if I snap into a Slim Jim, I could be Randy Savage. That is right, man. He made a killing on that. He could have. I think he, did, he could have just retired on all that. Yeah, it's a good deal. It's very profitable, and it was back before Vince had his hands in everything. That's right. But wrestling was more. Yet you, you have the WCW, ECW. You have all those great companies before Vince decided to take it over and become a the kingpin. Well, in we need Daredevil. <laughs> in fact, I think Macho Macho took that uh, Slim Jim package with him to WCW. When he left, uh, when he left Vince in the uh, late '90s, early 2000s, he did. I guess the con- contract clause says maybe he's not strictly stuck with WWE with this, so maybe he did a smart deal choice, probably somewhere in that contract. Yeah, that was a that was actually a good uh, good move by him. But uh, but as we as we digress and get into this uh, this wrestling, this was a, this was a huge week. This was, this was one of the biggest weeks. That that I that we've had since we've been doing this podcast. That's right. Not just wrestling. We just had the Super Bowl. We had the season finale of Peacemaker. We had freaking season finale of Boba Fett. We Saudi Arabia. The Elimination Chambers tomorrow. We got Paul Heyman in love with Roman Reigns. Looks like this is freaking craziness out there. And Undertaker going to the Hall of Fame. And let's not for, forget about Cody Rhodes. 
uh, leaving AEW. That is right. That's one that before the Undertaker news broke, that was the top story of the world. Said, so can't believe Cody Rose, founder, investor, a man who put money into this company with fellow people like the Young Bucks, Jericho, Kenny Omega, and a few others, decided to say up and leave because I guess they didn't agree on money terms. And Tony Khan's taking over booking. Rumor, I don't know if it's true, so take it with a grain of salt, where Cody wanted equal what is the positions as Tony Khan. So I don't know, sour grapes, or was Cody right in what he did? What do you think, Crossbones? AEW would not be what it is if it wasn't for Cody Rhodes. Um, Cody Rhodes kind of gave them the credibility, and he's the one who talked uh, Tony Khan and uh, his father, Shad Khan, into putting up this money to make another wrestling promotion. That every, is right. re- every wrestling promotion since WCW had failed or had not flourished, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, they had their first, their first event all in, which sold 10,000 seats in like three minutes. It was the biggest North American show outside of WWE since uh, WCW shut down in 2001. That's right, and that was all Cody's money and Kenny and Jericho were all and Bucks. They invested in that event and they made a killing, sacrificing their own money and made it back. And that was started AEW and got Khan involved and said, "Hey, we could actually make another company where people could actually actually try something different instead of going WWE." Anytime you look to invest in any type of business business, you always say, "Show me something." Show, show me that your, your project is worth my time and my investment. So yes. Tony and – I mean, so the Bucks and Cody, Brandy, um, Kenny, they had to show – they had to show uh, Khan something. They had to show him that they had a viable thing, something that, that could exist outside of WWE because there hadn't been anything that had existed. That's, exactly. And like as I get older and learn about this, by hanging around with crossbones and a few good people who are smart about investing, like you got to be showing them like, hey, is this profitable for a you know big money deal like Tony Khan? Like, hey, can I if I invest in your company, can I make my money back and make more out of this? So you have to, that's what all was it all out was all about, all in. They had a lot of alls in there. Yeah, but- they they had uh, so so to sell out that arena. Is a 10,000 10, seats is a lot of seats for an independent. I mean, for what all in was, uh, was an independent show. I mean, that's what it was. It was a big, it was a, it was a major size independent show. Uh, but being, but being able to sell out the venue, uh, to make and to make a, I don't know what the profit margin was, but they, I'm sure they did make money off of it. Um, and that helped them go in there. So when they go in to negotiate with, uh, Turner, uh, Turner Media. They could show them like, hey, you know, we have a, we we at least have something. We got something here. We sold out this arena. We have, we sold a lot of t-shirts. We sell a lot of merch. We can produce a product that might not be able to compete with WWE right now, but could at least eat into the market share that WWE has to the point where we can make, where we can make some money uh, with this company. Exactly. And an alternative to WWE where, yeah, like you said, independent show, it was basically like a high-grade, like a 
top of the lot independent show with stars like Rey Mysterio, Kenny Omega coming in, you know, hyping up with major names. But yeah, it gave some people alternatives. Like, you don't like WWE or you want to watch something different? AEW gave it kind of that. Basically, it's, just, it's a bunch of indie guys. AEW is with some star power. And with Cody, Cody Rose being that he is uh, a legacy um, type, I mean, he's, he's a second generation superstar. Third That's generation. Rose. Third maybe. generation. Uh, maybe his, his dad, Dusty, is probably. Uh, if there's a Mount Rushmore of wrestling in the 80s, Dusty Rhodes, Dusty Rhodes is on it. So exactly. he could also go in there and, and he had a he had a networking deal mm-hmm. with former with former WWE talent. So he was able to go out and, and sign people like Dean Ambrose and uh, mm-hmm. uh, Chris Jericho, who he had worked with there. Da- I don't know if Daniel Bryan would be there if Cody wasn't there. Um, so there, there were the, those were the at CM Punk also had worked with uh with Cody in the past. Uh, Brody Lee is another person who had worked with Cody in the past, and mm-hmm. those are those were pretty pretty well known names that uh a company like like Impact couldn't get because no, they don't because they don't have that relationship, they didn't have a star that had that relationship with him, so exactly. so. Cody uh, was the bridge between WWE and making AEW viable. As a exactly, he, he was basically their John Cena poster boy. But it's like I understand where Cody's coming from because he wants. I heard he wants to continue, like continue his dad's legacy because his dad was a great booker and everything. Which I understand that. And maybe this other part because you know Cody didn't do an interview yet or nothing. So I'll be just hearing like what the news, the wrestling news will say, say like Cody was upset because he didn't, they didn't, Khan didn't agree on the money terms or the booking terms because he's taking full on flag of booking look like Khan is. So I always want to know, like, you think Cody made the right decision in leaving or could he just have it out some more? Cody knows his worth, I think. Yeah. I think Cody, Cody is out there saying, hey, you know, I know my worth. I know what I'm worth. I know what I brought you. I, I know what I can do, mm-hmm. and I know that that there's another company out there. And to put it in comparison, WWE is the NFL. Yeah. Uh, AEW at best right now would be the XFL. Yeah. Oh, you college. Have, uh, well, it's still professional. I, I would say. I'd just say it's not. This is a wrong. It's, they're not amateurs. They're not amateurs. So I'd right. say they're. I'd say they're XFL because XFL oh, is, is yeah, another yeah. another professional league, but just not up to the up to the legacy and the uh, the gravit the gravitas that the the uh, the NFL has. But it's because of the one is the relative age of it, and it's also um, the company equity that that WWE has built up over the past thirty years uh, of yeah. wrestling. Cody knowing that he could go to that he that he's probably still has connections over there. He's still got a lot of friends over there, so he he he's not going to have booking power over there. He's not going to have booking power at WWE. No, he doesn't because he was also in, like I, I heard he was in talks with WWE during the negotiations with Con, but the rumor mill is spinning and little 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 tips are coming out where. <clears throat> WWE is interested in signing Cody again. Not sure about 
Brandy yet because I heard Brandy had some heat or something. I don't know. That's that's their thing. The news comes out, but uh, yeah, Vince is interested in signing him. Maybe they said pushing him, but I don't know if this is go- they're going to try to get revenge on Cody and maybe have him do a couple jobber matches. They said Vince was like, "Ha, you betrayed me. Now I got you. Now you stuck with me." As yeah. a as an entertainer, you should always be able to keep your options open. Mm-hmm. Um, and Cody was working without a contract, probably listening to both sides, mm-hmm. and. Um, Three million dollars a year is what what he was getting at AEW. It's a ton of money, a ton of yeah. money. But they're that's paying true. Dean Ambrose six million dollars, which that's is which, which is double, which is double what Cody makes. Yeah. Um, but you had to pay him that much because WWE was going to pay him that. So you had or almost that. So you had to maybe give him a little bit more because you're an unproven you're an unproven commodity. Um, they're also paying who oh. I don't. I, well, if they're paying Dean Ambrose six, what are they paying CM Punk? Probably like seven or eight. Maybe. He's making, yeah, he's making a lot. I heard Pimp Punk is. I forgot the Russell talk. This talked about it today, but I saw like, but Punk's making a tremendous amount of money, more than Cody right now. Yeah, he might be like, yeah, he might be making like upwards of eight to nine, and I, I would imagine that Daniel Bryan's probably up there too, and Chris Jericho. So with the, with that amount of expenditures on your staff, and Cody wanting more money, and Cody not being uh, well, you've you've seen he's kind of got mixed reactions uh, lately. I mean, he's still he if he goes to WWE, he's going to be the best the best pure wrestler in the company at this point. Oh, yeah. If he goes to WWE, there's there's nobody who is just like a wrestler wrestler that has his his experience. Mm. Not only not only Mike skills, but be, he he's he's probably he's been wrestling probably since he was like three years old. Yeah. But Starbird, but WWE does have Starbird like AJ Styles in them, which have equally star power to Cody. But I feel like because Cody was in AEW, it's kind of like it's it's like it gives you that shock feeling. Like you never thought this person was gonna come and leave his child AEW behind and come back to a company where he was talking smack about for so long and said he'll never return. Yeah, yeah, no, it, it is his his whole thing in uh, AEW was kind of like a – he would take shots at Triple H almost every chance he get. Sledgehammer, breaking apart the throne, talking about the glass ceiling. All the things that um, that he believed he was uh, held back, and and he was. I, I think that they kind of gave him – they gave him – he was a mid-card guy. Yeah. Uh, they gave him the Stardust character, and his brother was Goldust. They gave yeah. him that, that character – but he, it is the it is the typical thing of somebody leaving WWE, going mm-hmm. somewhere else, building their star, and then coming back a bigger star than when they left. That is true because a lot of times you have to leave to find yourself and be like, how could like like someone who does the greatest Undertaker to evolve your character and make it relevant and believable nowadays? Where Cody back in WWE, you know, it was cool having Cody Rhodes around, but he didn't. He was kind of stuck. He wasn't like evolving, doing anything. He was like stuck in the plateau. But when he went to AEW, changed his whole physique, changed his whole character, blonde hair, everything. He completely did a 180 and turned everything around and became a Cody Rose uh, version two. Yeah. <laughs> He's his biggest star as there is in wrestling right now. And mm-hmm. he is. Uh... 
But and like we were talking about AEW last last time, you don't know who you're going to get from week to week. Like like we went like 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 we can go a month without getting Cody on the show, or or you can you can go a month without getting uh well you know without Daniel Bryan on the show or um. There, there are a couple people who, who are consistently there, but MJF isn't on every show. Neither is Wardlow. They're not on every show. Sean yeah. Spears isn't on every show. So they have, they kind of have that rotation. Now, what, what Cody is going to see, though, if he's negotiating a contract, he, he's going to have some things put in his contract to the, to the point where to say, like, hey, you know, I get X number. I'm going to get a championship run. I'm going to have this, this, and this. Because uh, he doesn't have to wrestle. I mean, that, that's the thing. He didn't. He hasn't signed with anybody. He can still come back to AEW. So, yeah. if, if WWE doesn't meet his terms, I would imagine that he would go back. But WWE needs him. They need him. They don't have any. They don't have anybody really else left to challenge Roman. And and if there's anybody who I'd say would beat Roman, it would be Cody. No, that'd be true. It's like the John Cena of AEW versus the the top guy in WWE who's the head of the table is Roman. Like having two, I don't know how to put it, maybe Dragon Ball Z terms, two Super Saiyan beings about to go head-to-head pretty much. Who was going to win? I think another big thing going into it, um, twenty in 2016 when Cody left, they didn't see him as a face of a company. He went to AEW and became the face of, of the company. Now that combined with his name being Rhodes, having his own success outside of WWE with his TV shows, reality shows, and that he could be the face of WWE, no problem, no problem at all. Plus, he's still young enough. Uh, him and I think I don't know how much older he is than Roman. They might be. They might be the same age. I think, yeah, I think Cody might be a little younger. I yeah. think, which is which is which is crazy. But you gotta, I always say Cody. It feels like Cody was there forever, but he he started wrestling. He like he was in the WWE when he was like twenty one years old or something. Oh yeah, yeah. him and Teddy Boss, they were all young when they first started. Because you know, second generation, you're going to ha- you're going to be you know in WWE regardless because your name. But yeah, Cody's been around for a while, and you don't realize how young he was. Because he didn't know. He was, like, thrown to the wolves pretty much once he was taken away from Randy. Yeah. Yeah, he was. He he became dashing Cody. Uh, and the only thing I want to know is, is he kind of come back with the uh, with the song that he had when he left, which was one of my favorite songs of all time. Uh, the legacy one? Uh, no, no. There was another one. Um, Smoke and Mirrors. Oh, okay. That'd be interesting. Like, I was wondering if Cody has the rights to his – original theme song in AEW does AEW hold that theme song oh um yeah they probably hold hold that song he's probably gonna have to come with come with a new song mm. when he comes back or if, like if, they, if, he, if he comes back yeah if he does so i feel like they're gonna make it a point to give him a great theme song because if you're gonna they probably if maybe maybe probably but fight roman you're gonna need a cool theme song to be a legit challenge that's how you know you're a legit challenge not just all that but you need a theme song to come in and Wow, the crowd. Yeah, and plus now that gives him a little bit of wiggle room with the Brock match. Now maybe Brock doesn't have to – I mean, he can still win his match, but he can go on and fight somebody else. And then you have Cody versus Roman. But then again, you know, they might want to save Cody for the night after WrestleMania. <laughs> that's, I that's, that's the, where it's going to happen. That's, the other, that's sure. the other option. So you have – 
you got a couple things because they're they're go- right now they're going strong. I, I think they they've kind of uh, they've kind of locked some things in um, with the with the Roman Roman versus Goldberg is a pretty good match. It's, it is a yeah. it is it is a quality high profile uh, main event level match for any top pay per view that you'd want to have. It That's is. right. And to me, especially for Georgia, you got UGA versus Georgia Tech. That's yeah. Pretty- Two of the two, two both they both play defensive tackle. Also, that's right. That's what that's what I not, not just the star power, but that's what another reason why I like about that match is like two same positions and two different rival schools. That's two another reason. Like, two different two two very different eras of football. That is right. I feel like both were hard hitting, but Goldberg's thing was probably a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, it was a little bit. I actually Roman played a pretty tough time too. That early two thousands. Uh, ACC oh, yeah. was pretty was pretty rough, um, but yeah, yeah, they're both very very similar very similar um, careers uh, um, with with the NFL. Uh, so so let's get to the uh, the rundown of this uh, of this card that is now just literally hours away. They're in uh, they're in Jeddah now. I, today's episode was taped. Uh, yeah. on SmackDown. Yeah, they're in Jeddah right now getting – I don't know what time of day it is right now there. Maybe morning-ish, 5 in the morning there maybe, I'm going to guess. Yeah, wherever it is, whatever time it is, it's still probably 95 degrees. Yeah, it's probably – yeah, it's probably early there. And by the time it's 12 o'clock tomorrow, it'll be nighttime. Yeah. Hopefully. Still, they so, won't blow. <laughs> so, let's start at the top with this, uh, this, Roman, this Roman versus Goldberg match. What do you think? Uh, two years in the making because we didn't have it two years ago at WrestleMania where, you know, it was the perfect time to do that. But Roman was out, you know, with an illness. And, um, you know, we had the Braun Strowman and Goldberg match where, you know, nobody was really fond about that because we, we wanted Goldberg and Roman. And Goldberg felt the same way, too, where he wasn't wanting want to drop the title of Braun. He wanted to give it to Roman. But we finally became on Goldberg's maybe last match on his contract or maybe we'll resign another one where – we're going to have that two-year-to-making match where we're going to have Spear versus Spear, UGA versus Georgia Tech match, the match that was, you know, people have been waiting for for a while. Yeah, the only the only thing I, I do have about this is that we both know that Goldberg's contract is up at the end of this, at, yeah. after, after this match. So so I wish, I wish that we didn't know that, but we do know that, and we do know that Roman is on an unbelievable run. And that you that you almost have to have him in WrestleMania with the title to uh, for for the sake of the show because that's who everybody wants to see. He's still getting the best reaction. He's mm-hmm. still he's still he's got Paul Heyman. He's got everything going for him. So why would you stop the momentum now? Exactly. Like I yeah, like you said, I don't want to know like if Goldberg's contract is up, but your know, news get released where that's going to happen. And you don't want Roman you lose yet until you get that big match of Rock at WrestleMania. And this is more a nostalgia match for Sa- the you know the people in Saudi because they love Goldberg. Right. And Goldberg's coming in with a serious injury where he I think he tore something in the shoulder where he needs surgery soon. Where he's going to be working through a serious injury during this match. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. If he's got that, then then yeah, I think I think Roman. Roman, Roman's gonna gonna go ahead and take this. Hopefully, they don't do Goldberg dirty. Hopefully, it's a it's a swerve finish or Heyman cheats or something like that, and yeah. uh, we we go that we go that route. 
Yeah, because I don't want to see Goldberg get pinned, um, you know, fairly. I just want to see somebody made like a Paul Heyman screw job and, you know, Goldberg loses that way. Just have, just have him win, like, you know, somewhere different. All right. So, all right, next match, uh, very intriguing. You got uh, Big Time Bex versus Lita. Oh, that's right. Lita coming out of retirement. Like, like to me, I know this is Lita's probably only match for a while because I know the – you know, they want to bring more nostalgia for and legends to Saudi. And Becky, longtime fan for Lita and grew up watching her like all of us did. I still have that picture of me and Lita where I was uh, a 12-year-old trying to hug on Lita. And, <laughs> and I still got that picture. I'm, I'm going to send that to you soon. <laughs> and, um, yeah, this is an interesting match between two people, you know, where they could have met in, back in the past. Where, like, I feel like they're polar opposites of each other. Yeah, I mean, Lita's still got the high-flying uh, style. We saw a little bit of that on Raw as she went for the what – what do you call it? It's a twist – no, not twist of fate. The swanton. She does a version of a swanton bomb. You're talking about her famous moonsault? Her moonsault, yes, her moonsault. Yeah, she does that pat- – she does the do the twist of fate, and then she goes into the moonsault, which is her finisher, and she still can pull it off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is, which is crazy. Um, I know that she hasn't wrestled in a while on the, yeah. on that big of a stage, but to still be able to do that after that amount of time off is amazing. It goes to the this goes to how great an athlete these men and women are mm-hmm. out there. So I think this is going to be it's going to be a cool match. This is a nostalgia match. Um, seldom do legends come back and beat uh, stars that are that are currently carrying the company. That's right. Goldberg did the Brock at Survivor Series, which so. was which was nuts. I still think that that is his that that might go down as one of his best matches of all time. Yeah, I think that would be one of them right there because it was a shock a value where nobody knew about the contract that Goldberg had, and people thought it was a one off where Brock gets his victory, and he's like, "Oh, okay, never mind. Goldberg's champion, so he's going to stick around a little bit, which is awesome." <laughs> yeah. So. I'm th- I'm thinking Becky beats her beats her clean, uh, yeah. wins this wins this match and goes on uh, at to build start building her feud for WrestleMania. Yeah, so I agree the same way. I don't think Lita's going to take on a full time role with with the with the Travis Scott like she used to do. So I think yeah, Becky's going to win this one. All right. So we also had a match uh, that was just that was signed tonight, but so it's so- Sonya Deville and Charlotte Flair versus Naomi and Ronda Rousey. That is right. That's a match they put together really fast. Yeah. I, I, I would think they would want to get Ronda on the card since she's a big draw, but you don't want to ruin the, the WrestleMania match. So you just make it a tag team match. Um, and you have two people in there that, that can take a pin um, and not hurt the other one's character. That's what yeah. I deduced. Uh, that's what I've deduced from this uh, – <laughs> From the, from the from the pairings of this match, that is right. I see, like uh, that's what they had Naomi and uh, Sonya Deville out there because like Ronda can't get pinned and Charlotte cannot get pinned before um, WrestleMania to keep their character strong and the more valid bat was it keep them more keep each other a threat to one another where they didn't have to worry about you know oh she she lost the match I mean she's weaker compared to the other one where. That's why the tag matches evolved to make the other one save save the other one in the match. 
Right, right. Anyway. Uh, it's going to be interesting. I, I, I think that to build it, you got to have you got to have the heels win. You got to have uh, Deville and Charlotte win, just so you have that you have that looming over the head of Ronda Rousey, kind of casting doubt heading into WrestleMania that they've that she was defeated. So you start building the story again from there when they get back to the United States. That is right. Where they're going to take over WrestleMania from there after the Saudi show. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we have uh, next. Uh, do we have the we have a tag team match? We have the Usos versus the Viking Raiders. That's right. I already going to think that the, this is a great for Viking Raiders to finally get a tag team push for the title. Yeah, right. But I don't see the Usos winning this, though. Because the Usos are too hot right now with the bloodline. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Viking Raiders are kind of like the sacrificial sacrificial lambs right now. Yeah. I do, I do think I do think that we're going to get a New Day versus uh, um, Usos at WrestleMania. I think because they just always have such great matches that you yeah. want to put that match on the uh, on that card yeah. um, and kind of start building it again from there. Especially since that that is really the only tag team match that we always get, and yeah, people, people love it. And you can you can rotate the three members of the New Day in and out, so you get a different combination in there. So that that is kind of what I think we're looking at. Yeah, because the Viking Raiders, like you know, like done properly and pushed them the right way, Viking Raiders and Usos could have a freaking main event caliber match because. They, people, a lot of people forget where these Viking Raiders came from. Ring of Honor, former champion, New Japan, former world champions. They, they wrestle around the world. Like These guys are legit tough tag teams where they could put on a great match with these guys, which I'm hoping to see at Saudi where they put their cars on the table and said, let's steal the show like how Shinsuke and Sami Zayn did tonight. Yeah, that was a that was a, a great match uh, tonight. And they're, they're just two, two really good – how about Sammy? Uh, Sammy getting the the IC title. I just kind of saw that coming, but I because I, Sammy's hot right now, and those like like how to like people gel together since the golden age of NXT when they when NXT had great shows match, matches on. Sammy and Nakamura since day one they met, chemistry was on point. Where the crowd was chanting "Fight Forever" in NXT. And now all the way down here, they still got the same chemistry where everything looks solid, everything looked believable. And they made me believe that Sam Zayn freaking broke Shinsuke's neck on that freaking sit-down freaking power drive maneuver he did. Yeah. And at the very end, selling the they did a story in that match where he sold the leg in that match where Shinsuke's injured in the match and he couldn't kick out. And he got the pin out of nowhere. And Shinsuke selling that leg made it perfect because everybody believe probably think he's really hurt. Yeah, I thought he was hurt. Yeah, I did too. And I was like, that is a great um, – that's a, that's a sell job right there. Shinsuke made you believe that he was seriously hurt and cannot kick out. The story, the chemistry, everything was there. That was, a, that was SmackDown's main event right there. Yeah, it was. It was a good main event. I miss sure to see now where – I mean, that's a, that's a huge belt, so, you know – they're they're going to build an IC storyline for that, but we're gonna to have to wait to see uh, who gets into that match. Knoxville uh, from <laughs> Knoxville. <laughs> I think they might have a try. I think Knoxville might be involved in a triple threat at uh, WrestleMania with Sammy and possibly one of the losers from the elimination chamber match. Uh, I say it's gonna be uh, if it, if it's not if it's if it's a triple threat. I say it's gonna be. Uh, 
uh, Sammy, Booze, and Knoxville. And Booze takes the belt. <laughs> I can see that. All right. All right. So as we get to the Elimination Chamber match, that's the big thing. This is what the pay-per-view is named after this mm-hmm. uh, huge structure that involves a countdown, a gauntlet match, and a steel cage. That is right. I remember when it for eliminate elimination. I feel like it's a tad safer with the mats being underground instead of metal, where Randy and everybody hated it because you really did get hurt on that metal grate. <laughs> yeah, when I was using uh, back in when I was we were playing uh, Raw versus SmackDown 2008. This was my favorite match, and I would always use John Morrison. You did. I always use Randy because I get a DD to do that DDT off the rope on people. I use to smash people on the crates. <laughs> <laughs> but but as this as this match is built, you know this is this is the one where the champion goes in champion champions in this match, uh, but there isn't really a champion's advantage because you know it's it's the last man standing whoever wins. So it doesn't. I mean, there's there's no count out. There's mm-hmm. no disqualification. You literally have to pin, defeat everybody in this match to walk out of there as a champion. Yeah. It is it is one of the – I was going to say, if you're the champion, this is the most unfair situation you can possibly be in for a yeah. wrestling match. Because you don't have to get eliminated. Like, Well, you have to get eliminated, but you get eliminated, you lose the title no matter what. No matter <laughs> what. No matter what. Um, and I was going to say, Austin Theory is a, is a kind of like odd entrant into this thing. Because I don't think that he has any chance, but um, I guess this is good experience for him. I think that he'll probably he might get one elimination, but yeah. I, th- I think that he might be the the very first person to get eliminated. Yeah, I say like he probably will be the first one. I feel like he's the wild card. Like Vince likes him a lot because he got the prototypical WWE look, and he's young, so they just put him in there. But yeah, I feel like he'll be the first one eliminated or. He might be tied in there with Brock, where Brock's the first one in, and he's going to be freaking decimated and then beaten. <laughs> I, I, I can see Austin Theory winning. He's, he won't win this, but he will win like a Money in the Bank, like down the road. That 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 is like that that event is like set up for somebody like Austin Theory to win something like that. Yeah, probably like two three years down the road, once the crowd gets used to him, because still the crowd is like, who is this kid? So what they probably will get once, maybe two or three years down the road, when people know who he is more, he'll get that opportunity. Yeah, but this is this is pretty much set up for somebody like uh, like you have. And the thing is, you got Brock and Bobby. You you've never seen them before wrestle. You got it last month at pay per view. We're, we're already back at it again. Two things, two things we never saw. We see we get it back to back pay per views, and it has to come down to those two at the end. It has to. Yeah, it's going because those two have a legit feud with each other. Besides, outside of Roman, where those two wants to finish it, where you have to have these two finish each other because these two are the legit monsters in the match. Where heck, if everybody's in the ring, Brock and Bobby could look at each other like, you know what? Let's put our differences aside and just kill these other guys and let it be down to us. They could do that easily and destroy everyone. But what is crazy is how I, you know, out of all the people they've picked, um, how big E is not in this match. That is, yeah, everybody's upset. They, you know, backstage, I'm saying, because Biggie's a great guy, great worker, but after losing the title, the writers said they have nothing for him right now. Yeah, it's and hard. That's that's terrible. Right yeah, now. it's hard. It's hard when you get knocked off uh, the top. You know, having having had a run, having done in in terms of of what he did, I think he did well well with it. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it's just it's just stars. It's not it's not quite as hot as the other people as Brock or 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 even Bobby right now. Um, but yeah, I would I would love to, I would have loved to have seen Big E versus versus uh, well <laughs> Big E beat Bobby twice, um, but Big E versus Brock Lesnar. Yeah, that would have been a good in, in the chamber at least. That's what I feel like is you know like I, not a defense Austin Theory, but they should have put Big E in that spot instead. But yeah. now by magic, he's on. He's a, now a member of SmackDown by magic because they didn't explain that. Yeah, but yeah, they, stuff just happens. Yeah, it's magic. WWE's magic, guys. Something just don't 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 question it. It just happens. Right. <laughs> so yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like Biggie was kind of done. It's basically done wrong. Where yeah, they just kind of left him hanging. Him and Kofi just tag teams for now yeah. until maybe one day something will change. But right now they're full on tag team. Right. And I was gonna say, does Damian Freeze have a match on this uh, this card? He does not actually, which is interesting. I'm sure they didn't throw him in the elimination chamber. I'm surprised either, like besides because he's a United States t- title like champion, he should be relevant and strong enough to be in there because he's a champion. He should yeah. be in this. Yeah, I, I think uh, they'll, they'll. I guess when this is done, we'll uh, we'll get his match also lined up for for WrestleMania. So, who do you have uh, winning this elimination chamber? I want to say Bobby, but I feel like they're going to have Brock win. They had Tyler versus Tyler unify the title. I feel like that might happen. But if I have to, if I could have my pick, I want Bobby to win. Bobby, okay. What about All you? Right. Uh, I would like that. I mean, I think Bobby's been a great, uh, been a great champion. And I, I also don't like when when they just give somebody the belt for like a month and then take mm-hmm. it off of him. You can't yeah. tell it. You can't tell anything from a month. You really can't. You can't tell if the meter's been moved or what ratings are or, or anything. Especially especially during this month because you got the you got the Winter Olympics going, so the shows are on Sci-Fi, so it, it it's completely skewed. Um, mm. But I'd like to see Brock. Brock most likely is going to win because you look at what is the biggest match you can put on. It's Brock versus versus Roman. And we haven't had a title versus title match in a very long time. It's a big match, two big stars. Um, we've seen it a couple times, but we haven't seen it at WrestleMania with this dynamic, with Paul Heyman on Roman's side, Brock as a happy Saskatchewan farmer beast. We haven't seen it. We haven't seen it this way. That's right. Like a like basically Roman Reigns in his freaking – Ultra form versus Brock Lesnar in his freaking ultra form, where these two, where <clears throat> old Roman is gone and this is new Roman. Can Brock beat new Roman? And this is they had both had great star power, so this is a match where we have to have it on the main event of, of uh, WrestleMania to bring in the cash flow as well as they say. And this is the, this is the last pay per view before WrestleMania, if I'm not mistaken, right? Because this is the last pay per view. Premium, premium live event before WrestleMania. I don't, I don't, they're not using pay per view anymore. No, they don't do pay per view. It's all streaming now. So this is the last. Well, we could say, uh, well, streaming on the WWE Network. This is the last match, that last show before Mania, where they could get more storyline that storylines made up for WrestleMania. Yeah, yeah. All right, I'm, I'm, I'm in on this, and this uh, is also tomorrow at noon. So it's Ooh. just right smack dab in the middle. In the middle of the day. That's why it's my rest day tomorrow, so maybe I'll watch it or maybe I'll watch it later. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's an early time. So whatever you have planned for that for that afternoon, you can still get to it because this should be over by 4.30 in the afternoon. 
Yeah, is this a four-hour show again? Uh, most likely, I would well, think so. Uh, I, I, those Saudi shows usually go way longer than the normal shows. Yeah, I, I'm not a big fan of that. Like, it's great. It's a great little like, little place to do place to do it. But four, I, I'm already pushing three hours on Raw and trying to. They try to make you know get catch my attention, but four hours, my God, guys, long time. I, I know, especially at nighttime. I get sleepy. So come on, guys. And I was going to say, and we got uh, this week, we also had Shampa showing up on Raw, the feud with Ziggler. That's right. Those two will put on a freaking main event right at Champa is a freaking uh, wrestling technician in that ring. Great storyteller, worker in the ring, a, a professional wrestler he is versus a professional wrestler, Dolph Ziggler, which I would love to see those two go at it. Yeah, I think that would be a good WrestleMania match if they could build that up. Um, at some point, I, I know people would love love to see it. Um, Dolph, Dolph is one of the best that they got, and it'll get Champa some exposure on the main roster. Why not do it? Why, why not just say, "Hey, this is the rivalry. This is what we're looking to build." Go ahead and throw that in there as one of the matches in WrestleMania. That's right, and I think one of the reasons to put Dolph in that spot, you know, even the bully Ray is kind of controversial, but he did make a good point. You, it's it's hard to not have a good match with Dolph Ziggler because. That guy could make a star out of a broomstick. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and him, him doing his work uh, on NXT also was uh, was pretty interesting uh, coming down there and uh, getting involved and in almost costing uh, Braun Breaker the title uh, versus mm-hmm. Santos Escobar, who mm-hmm. who is also a very good wrestler. I hadn't been familiar with his work, but he can go. He kind of reminds me, he's like a better Andrade. He is like as uh, like Andrade is getting older now, but he still go. Andre's amazing. Don't get me wrong, but he's like a I feel like Andrade's younger brother now because he he before this he's a he's a professional wrestler, which I like him because he's a real wrestler. So he's from the lucha libre territory, which lucha libre different style. So that's where Andrade came from, and many other greats. Yeah. So that that match is pretty good. Oh, also, I like how. Braun is uh you can tell Braun Braun was a huge Goldberg person growing up. Oh, he um, said that. Yeah he, he yeah. he was a big Goldberg fan. I mean, his his two finishing moves, he goes spear jackhammer just like Goldberg. Oh yeah. He told me but uh as a kid growing up, he uh, Goldberg, you know, used to, you know, hang out with them like he talks to Goldberg all the time when they were kids and Goldberg still remembers him and they give him advice and he, he's always been like a Goldberg fan, you know, besides, you know, his dad, Rick, but, you know, he was a big Goldberg fan. Like, he looked up to Goldberg. Yeah, yeah. I think he should he should keep with that because the, the, it, looked, it looked good. The, those those two, that combination. Uh, yeah. Look good. Look good. Oh, there's one more match that was really good. It was uh, the Cameron Grimes versus Carmelo Hayes match. Um, Carmelo Hayes would be a star on the main roster right now if they brought him up. He, he's, he's legitimately probably, like, one of the most talented people I've ever seen. Like he he is like he kind of reminds me of how how Kofi was when he first got there, but he's a little bit stronger and uh, probably moves just a little bit better. Probably can't do the high flying stuff, but mm-hmm. between but between the ropes, um, he is as good as anybody I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah. I, I haven't been watching NXT at all, but I watch for Braun because I I know Braun, so he's a cool guy. Been along great, so I watch it for his matches, but. Yeah, they got a lot of great talent down there. It's like always like always always that little question is like besides Braun and a few others, can they make it on the main roster? Because that's what people get lost in the shuffle. That's the hard yeah. part. 
It is. It is. A, it is a very hard part because you you just don't know um, if your style translates to uh, to the main roster, and it's just a. Well, I think having Dolph down there is a good test because you know if you can wrestle with Dolph, you know, put together some good stuff, be able to go back and forth with him. It's a. It, it'll it'll give you some some perspective, but you don't know you re- you really don't know until you get there. Yeah, I feel like to Vince knows Tommaso is amazing. But I feel like he's going to test it on different wrestlers. And Dol- he's going to tell Dolph. I feel like he's- Vince is going to bring him into it. I'll say, hey, Dolph, so what do you think? Can we use him? And Dolph's going to give his uh, opinion on it. I think that's how it's – I think Dolph is the gatekeeper. Since Zack Ryder used to be the gatekeeper, Dolph is the gatekeeper now. And another thing I learned, Zack Ryder said, a lot of the writers are afraid to give Vince McMahon ideas. So some of those NXT guys got to be brave enough to present an idea to Vince. And if it gets if it says no, at least you know it's a no for sure, he says. Yeah, you gotta speak your mind. I think a lot of people who get up there get intimidated, yet maybe a little bit scared of yeah. him. But you gotta tell you gotta speak what's on your mind. If you don't speak what's on your mind, then you're never gonna get anywhere. Nobody Vince Vince is a lot of things, but he's not a mind reader. He he exactly. can't read he can't read people's minds. So if you don't tell him exactly what you feel and what you want. He's not gonna know. He's just gonna give you whatever you get. Exactly, because the, you know, Zach. Remember, the writers are not gonna do it because they're afraid of him. So you got to make an initiative. If he says no, it's a no. Come out with something else. I was gonna say writers are a little bit more expendable at that level than performers. Yeah, but Zach Ryder told a story where the writers were saying they were afraid to go up to Vince. So, but the performers, like Zach Ryder said, if Vince tells me a no, at least I know it's a real no. Yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So that was, I mean, it was a very productive week of wrestling. Uh, on, the, on, uh, which which one? The Elimination Chamber for the Women's. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. So, oh, the Elimination, where, where am I at? God, I'm going I'm to get canceled over here for, for getting the Women's Elimination Chamber. You won't answer my DMs no more. <laughs> which one? Oh, who? I said Liv Morgan won't like my tweets or answer my uh, DMs. Look. If you, unless you got a blue check mark, man, those DMs are getting through. I know, that's true. I know. Well, maybe wait one day she'll see that one day. Yeah, if you don't have, they filter, they they filter them out. Like I was gonna say, most even I was gonna say most girls on on all social media platforms, famous or not, if you don't have a blue check mark by your name, your DMs not getting through because they they can filter out they filter out normal people. Unless they know you, so that's different. Unless they know you, unless they know you, yes, that is that is a very true. Exactly, like like somebody like I don't know, like Braun Breaker. He'll know me. He'll he'll answer back, (laughs) like that. Someone like that. Few people will answer back. Or you can just text them, which is probably easier. Yeah, that is true. But I like to get like, hey, we we know each other. (laughs) We we worked out in the same gym. (laughs) But yeah, he's gonna get Uh, mad at him and text him in a while. (laughs) <laughs> Did but you we, see, oh i was gonna say so of the uh of the women's royal rumble i mean not royal rumble elimination chamber mm-hmm. um the only person that i you know odds on i watched the i watched we had another gauntlet match on monday that was won by rhea ripley mm-hmm. uh stipulation being that if she wins she is the final entrant and the final pod to in the elimination chamber right. so she is my odds-on favorite to win. Uh, also, highly athletic move, pump handling, pump handle slamming, dewdrop. 
That's right. Dewdrop and her had great chemistry together. Yeah. I said, those two are like, they're, you know, legit pro wrestlers and they have great chemistry with each other, which is great. And, you know, she's real strong. Everybody knows that. I would like to see if I could pick up Dewdrop. I'd like to see that. You might be, well, she's not full, so we probably can't. I, I don't know. I don't know. I could get her on a fireman's carry because I have strong leg drop. I know that for sure. <laughs> yeah, I would like to. I would like to see, but I, I don't know if I will ever get the chance. But Rhea gave her the pump handle slam uh, to secure that. Um, she had an awesome finish with uh, Bianca Belair. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was exhausted at the end, um, and Bianca Belair actually won the match um, by hitting uh, hitting Bianca Bel. I mean, hitting uh, Rhea with a KOD and getting the win. So my bad, I, I messed up the story. So Bianca Belair get, got the last pod. That's right. Bianca Belair got the last pod where Rhea, you know, she could at least get the next one, second to last or something for that. Yeah. But yeah. it was a good, it's a, it was, it was a good match, and I want to see like where who's going to take because Alexa Bliss has already just put herself in there. Yeah. Now. Who is the best possible matchup? Uh, the winner of this obviously is going to face uh, Big Time Bex, Becky Lynch. So, um, I, I do think that is, is Bianca Bell, not Bianca Bell, is Sasha Banks. She's on this match. No, she's, uh, I think she's filming right now. Something, a Mandalorian okay. or something. One of the something she's doing something. All she's right. Not, so she, she'll be back before WrestleMania though. All right. Um, so I would say that you possibly get a rematch between, uh, Bianca Belair and, um, and big time backs after, after last year, just just the just the the cluster that was that thirty second, twenty ten second match between the two of them. That's right. That that was the one that everybody was mad at. What you know is true. We would like to see a knockout, drag out match between those two. But my one, my favorite is Liv Morgan because she has that underdog story where she just keeps chasing and she keeps um is a step behind. Where I'm hoping this one will be. The, her uh, chance to actually win the big one at WrestleMania. This is her, she, this is her Daniel Bryan, Kofi Kingston moment. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I'm sure, I mean, everybody would love to see her win and love to get a, love to see her get a shot at the title. And uh, she is a, it, it's, it makes for an amazing story. Um, her right. climbing the ladder and getting a, getting a shot at Beck, at uh, Becky Lynch. That's right. I would love to see that match. So I'm going for Liv Morgan for this one. I'm gonna have to say I'm gonna go Bianca Belair just because of the the symmetry, the symmetry of a year has passed. I it's, Bianca Belair has been been stewing on this for a year, and to go in there and get her her title redemption shot at WrestleMania in Dallas. That is true. I wouldn't mind either one of those two. You know, you've got the underdog fairy fairy tale uh, story, and we have the uh, retribution story where the title is you know. Was lost in the wrong way, pretty much. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all right. So that was a very interesting week in uh, in wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, everything that happened, and we usually don't get a pay per view within ten hours of the end of SmackDown, but it's the first, so we're gonna get that tomorrow, and uh, we will be back on that to uh, to recoup that. Um, what do you think of on other things? What do you think of the Peacemaker finale without giving oh, spoilers? 
I loved it. I was like, that was the great finale at the end. And um, it like, I feel like these shows now, like even Book of Boba Fett, at the last final episode, those last moment, they get you a little bit emotional inside. The music hits you and they get that like that, that, that vibe going where everything just, you know, feels at peace, but you don't want it to end kind of feeling where you want the show to keep going, which we are getting in season two. But that show was done perfectly where you got the, uh, what's it called? Um, well, spoiler alert. People who don't want to hear the spoiler, you got five seconds. Five, four, three, two, one. Here it goes. I want to say that you got the cameos of Shadow Justice League, Superman and Wonder Woman, where you got the actual Justice League members, Jason Momoa, Aquaman, and the Flash, whose guy's name I always forget. <laughs> but... You got those two cameos, which I don't oh, know. Ezra, Ezra, Ezra Miller. Ezra Miller, that's right. You have those guys surprising you out of nowhere where, wow, Aquaman cussed. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I think it was a very well done show. You get the surprise factor. You got a happy ending. And I always want to see where it's going to go from here. I'm sad that a few of those people had to die, though, that, you know, some, some of those people. But we'll see. We got one more butterfly. So we'll see if that joined forces and see what happens. Yeah, what about I had, I had uh, one friend who, after the Marine, said they would never watch another John Cena movie again. And uh, John has come a very long way in his mm-hmm. acting mm-hmm. and, and uh, mastering the craft. And he's, I think, his his portrayal, we were, we were talking about the other day, his portrayal of Peacemaker is equivalent to Ryan Reynolds' portrayal of Deadpool. They're very similar, where they do such a good job of being the character that the character is them. John Cena is Peacemaker. Daredevil, I mean, uh, Deadpool is Ryan Reynolds. It's the same thing. So I think that he was born to play this character, which is a a little-known DC uh, Batman villain. Um, and he, he they knocked it out of the park. I think it, it all around from James Gunn's writing to the to the directing to the to the people who they hired to play the play the characters. It was perfect. That's right, exactly. And you talk about seeing his acting skill for the Marine. It was right after I watched Peacemaker. I went on YouTube and I saw him did an interview for GQ about his roles from WD to, to the Marine, where he talked about the Marine, where he said like it was originally made for Stone Cold. Stone Cold didn't didn't do it. For some reason, and Vince said, "Hey, pack your bags. You go to Australia to film a movie." And Cena was like, "Film a movie, but I'm a wrestler. I don't want to be a movie star." But Cena didn't have that passion to be a movie star. He wanted to wrestle, and and now he said, like, you know, he said basically, you know, not quoting him, but basically, somewhat saying like he's young and dumb and didn't understand the opportunity he had. So now, as he got older, Cena understood, like, hey, you know, this, uh, I can't wrestle forever, and this, you know, instead of wasting this opportunity, I'm going to take it and learn it, and where he finally became a legit actor now, where yeah. he's entertaining and good. Yeah, but I think that with all, with all of the maturity, the maturity factor kind of kicked in, mm-hmm. um, but, but yeah, he, um, he crushed it, knocked, knocked out of the park. I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to he, he is such a good – he's different than Batista. He's different than, than Dwayne Johnson. Uh, he is more of like a purely comedic actor, yeah. I think. I, I think he can, probably, he can probably do serious stuff. He had a couple serious moments in Peacemaker. Yeah. But he his, – his comedy is a gift. I mean, you either have it or you don't. And I think that he definitely has that, that gift of timing and facial expressions. 
and That's able right. to uh, emote the mm -hmm. right emotions at the right time to make you to make you follow the character in the way that you should. Exactly, because I learned in acting school and stunt school now that I'm in it and working on sets, every everybody have to have that niche where it was something they're really good at. And seeing it with comedy acting, that's his itch right there. That's that made him a star right there. Peacemaker made him a gigantic star. Yeah, and my, his fights with Judo Master were some of my favorite parts of the whole series. Uh, my one was Eagerly. I love Eagerly. <laughs> yeah. I, I hated John Cena's dad in that role who hit Eagerly. He became uh, America's number one enemy after that. <laughs> yeah, I, know. I, did, I did think that he was a – he played a great villain. I mean, that's that's you got to have. You got to have good villains. And, and the way that he was written uh, from beginning to end, um, he, he is also – yeah, he played a great villain. He was also the antagonist – in the uh the marine that's right and it came full circle a little older but it came full circle yeah that was a good uh that was a good little little uh toss back that uh that james gunn was able to uh to throw in there I um and mm -hmm. no, i like uh, i just wish they do a little terminator uh reference next time <laughs> oh yeah that's probably it was probably coming down the pipe that, that'll probably be in there uh, next year, and there'll probably be way more cameos because the show's going to get a bump more. on the budget for uh, for for season two. That's right. And I was told to get my stunt reel ready, so I got to get that all set up. <laughs> there you go. There you so, go. That's going to be fun. Yeah. I mean, what about Book of Bubble Fat? That was Did great. Yeah, it was great. I finished it. It's good. That's right. And freaking Baby Yoda uh, killed him with cuteness. That's his superpower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was very well done. Um, yeah, it it it, it kind of it's it's filling in a lot of holes um, of the Star Wars uh, mythology mm -hmm. uh, that were previously left out. Um, I think they're doing a good job with that, with the writing and uh, tying it together. And you're going to get even more with uh, with Kenobi coming out uh, in May. And I have to go back and watch the Clone Wars animated series because that ties into that Boba Fett as well. So they're all—it's amazing how they're all canon. Even the animated, the Star Wars is probably the the greatest people at doing that. To make sure that every single property that Star Wars does is is uh, is canon. It's related to the whole story from the beginning to the end. That's right, which is amazing. I loved it. The Star Wars is a great, amazing franchise, and I'm glad it's still going. All right. Uh, so we got any questions for this week? Yep. Well, we got two of the questions out the way. But uh, uh, let's see. Wrestling question. Since Undertaker is going to the Hall of Fame, what is your best memory of Undertaker and favorite match? Every time I think about Undertaker, I think about Limp Bizkit and Kid Rock. <laughs> that's, what, that's what I always remember about, uh, about Undertaker. Um, but Undertaker has been there since uh, – since, Really, since I really got in, I was into wrestling before Undertaker actually got there. Mm -hmm. um, but the first match that I saw him was at uh, Survivor Series 1990 uh, when he fought, when he took the title off of Hogan. Hogan never lost. So that, that was just so such a shock to see that this dude who, who nobody had ever seen came in there and, and pinned Hulk Hogan, even though that Ric Flair helped him still. But he was a is Bruce Pritchard is that is that Buddy Love is Bruce Pritchard yeah. Buddy Love okay Buddy so so he was his manager and uh, you just remember the red face paint him coming down there and doing that match but outside of that I remember Kid Rock 
and also the uh, the match with him ending the streak. Uh, uh, with with the streak getting ended against the uh, Brock Lesnar. Uh, okay. So that was that your favorite match, or was the Hogan one? Uh, the Hogan one's probably my favorite match. Oh, okay. Uh, for me, my memory was I remember when I well, you watched it in the Hogan, but I remember when my first ma- favorite match was the first match I saw of Undertaker was the Hell in a Cell match between him and Mick Foley. That was my favorite match. Oh, yeah, the one where he, gets th- where he throws, throws Mick Foley off the side of the cage. Yep, that's the first time I ever saw Undertaker. And first time I ever watching pro wrestling was that match. Yeah. <laughs> Which I would, that, that now stuck in my head as my favorite match because it's the first match I ever saw of him. Yeah. And you take, yeah, you take, oh, uh, go ahead. Oh, no, I'll go ahead. I, I was, I was t- still talking about the Hell in a Cell, but yeah, I was saying like that was just the vivid memory of that that's imprinted in my brain right now. Yeah. You want to talk about somebody who's, I mean, he's the connection between the old school and the new school because he fought. He fought Warrior. He fought Hogan. And he middle. He fought Bret Hart. He fought uh, Shawn Michaels. Uh, he mm-hmm. fought Rock Stone Cold. Uh, fought Roman Reigns. He fought uh, Goldberg. John Cena. So, John <laughs> Cena. So all these people, all these legends in the middle: Kane, uh, mm-hmm. Triple H, uh, Kurt Angle, um, Jimmy Jimmy Superfly Snuka, Johnny right. Gonzalez, Yokozuna. So he's fought all these people uh, from the generations of wrestling. So he has been there, and he's gone against the the old the people the in the very end of the golden era to the height of the attitude era to the well, I, I call it the Cena era uh, after the, the attitude era. era the Cena era to now. I mean, he's fought against people in the PG era. He's fought against members of the Shield, Dean Ambrose, um, all those guys. So. So yeah, his legacy is forever cemented in WWE as the bridge between uh, old school, new school, and now. That's right, and uh, like that's that's how he was. He he stood the test of time for so long because he loves pro wrestling. Like he's what a pro wrestler should be like: someone who loves this business, who dedicated their life to pro wrestling, and was a fan of this. Those right. guys respect the world out of, and Taker's the the guy. He's like. The, well, the one of the deepest wrestlers in the world and most respected, and this is long overdue for being in the Hall of Fame, but he's finally there, and yeah, it's like amazing. Like, this guy was able to evolve the Undertaker character from dead man, American badass to uh, so much as like back to regular, back to the, the phenom, the ministry, to the combination of the American badass Undertaker and Mark Calloway at the very end against AJ. He could he evolve. Yes, he could. And he was also in Suburban Commando. That is true. He played the bounty hunters. I remember that as a kid yeah. with the baby voice. Yeah, played, <laughs> played, uh, he was in Suburban Commando. Uh, I think Hogan was the person responsible for getting him into WWE. Got a meeting with Vince uh, soon after that movie. And uh, he, he was in WWE too. Yeah, me and Mark Alice. Me and yeah, Mark. That's where yeah, he started. The, the, uh, the Twin Towers. Uh, yeah, I remember. I remember. Uh, but okay, next question. All right, fitness question. You've been in the fitness industry longer than I have, so you you, you understand this one is more is better. Is the question I saw on the on YouTube today is more training better or more or less is better? You know, is it time? When is it the right time to pull back the reins, and when is it right to go full force? The entire fitness industry has fitness industry has no idea what they're talking about. <laughs> The entire industry has no idea. 
Because it's all conflict. There's so many. I, I it's very difficult to sit down and and watch uh, fitness YouTube and fitness IG because there are so many conflicting ideologies. Mm-hmm. You have these people who do CrossFit who believe that hey, you know, we can get everything we need to do in 20 minutes and be fine. You know, yeah. You know, the powerlifters say hey, you know, we can work out three. We can work out for three three times a week. Um, lift heavy, deadlift, squats, bench, and be and be fine. Um, then you have spin spin people who say, "Hey, you know, we are, we're going to do spin every single day, and that's what we're going to do is our our thing." So I, I guess it just and then you have pro athletes who train complete each each one for each discipline trains almost completely differently, mm-hmm. um, given their given their sport and what mm-hmm. they have to endure. Mm-hmm. Um, so there isn't a right answer of how to train and how not to train. There isn't. It just depends on what you are doing at mm-hmm. that specific time, um, in, in your discipline. That's right. I agree with that too. And my theory is like, uh, always like, if you want to do like the training more aspect, they saying like, I always say like, if your body's recovered in time, like some people want to be like, I want to go six days a week to the gym and, and have just have one day off. My, I always have a thing like if your body could recover from that and bounce back quick enough, then maybe that's the routine for you. But if you're confident in, in a four-day-a-week plan, some people, like Pyro said, powerlifters are three. If that works perfect and you could recover back, bounce back, and still have great workouts, feel strong, don't feel as fatigued, then maybe that's the one for you. I feel like everybody has to each his own where they have to find a program that's perfectly modified for them and their body type because – only that individual know what will be best for them. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it is a uh, it is whatever works best, and it's a lot of trial and error. Mm-hmm. And being in the fitness industry or training for such a long time, you you just find out what works best, and you just keep doing it. Exactly. Like look at the advanced lever people. Like you played football. I did pro wrestling. Training twice a day. That is brutal on the body, and yeah. a lot of recovery time is needed. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I was also saying that a uh, um, friend of mine told me they don't do two days anymore in the NFL. Oh, they got rid of that? No, no. Yeah, he told me they got rid of it like 10 years ago. <laughs> I did not been, know. Yeah, they've been done for 10 years on two days, so good for them. Oh, okay. oh yeah, there you go. More recovery time for their players, less injuries. Yeah, good for them. Uh, but, yeah, yeah. So it's just a matter of uh, – of what you can endure, what you feel is uh, adequate for your your situation, and your time constraints, um, whatever whatever that may be. But you just have mm-hmm. to just have to figure it out. All right. right. Uh, uh, do we got another fitness question? Oh, that is all the fitness questions. That, that is those. all the fitness questions. All right. It was a combination of everything together, like when to pull back the reins and when to go full force, and when is more is better. All right. All right. Maybe you could answer that part. When to pull back the reins? How about that? Never, never, never stop. Always keep it to the to the floorboard. That's right. Unless there's a serious injury, then maybe consult a doctor. Right. <laughs> That's right. Like, and we answered the yo's peacemaker. We got the peacemaker questions and the book of Boba Fett questions. Is there any hot new show right now out right now that's coming up? Um. I saw the uh, reboot or the retelling of Chippendale Rescue Rangers preview. Oh, I did see that's coming out. Were um, you still fan? That is going to be in May. Um, what else have I seen? Oh, Moon Knight's going to be um, in May also. Kenobi's mm-hmm. in May. 
Um, but it, in the meantime, uh, there's a yeah. There, I don't think there's anything coming out. So there's a there's a pretty big uh, pretty big um, hole right now until those come out. But they'll be out soon enough. Yes. Oh, I got one for you. This is a combo question. I almost forgot it. The one to twin powers activate. They're getting the movies. What do you think of this? Oh, the Wonder Twins? I, yeah, they, I, I, I'm guessing they're going the uh, comedic route. I got to see who the writers are and who the director is. But I think it could be a great movie. It's going to be an HBO, HBO Max movie, actually. So that's a, that's, a, that's a comic book characters that I never thought were ever going to get a movie. I just say let James Gunn direct all your DC stuff. That would be better. They, he's, he shows that he's perfect for this. Yeah. He's the dude. He's the dude. If you if you're ever lucky enough to work work with him, anybody listening, listen to what he says. He he's a he is a comedic genius, and uh, he always has a very uh, the his way of looking at things. It'll make you. It's very it's very unique mm-hmm. um, from anybody else I've ever worked with or saw. So yeah, he's a good dude. Good dude to be around. Good dude to learn from. That's right. Hopefully one day I'll be able to work with him one day. Since in this crazy world of acting, he has. A, I like the way directors think outside the box. That's what the directors I love. Yeah. They're so awesome to do that. And maybe one day we'd be able to do well, maybe a clang and bang where me and Cross was do the Peacemaker opening with a few extra people in the background. Yeah, that would be that would be interesting. I, I'll have it down by that by that time. I'll have it. I'll have down the the dance moves. That's right. I've been practicing on this, so we better get this right because this is one now in my bucket list. I have to learn this entire dance sequence. <laughs> yeah. Also, we, we got another per, uh, people who want to shout out uh, Jim Mannion Nutrition. They do supplements. As you know, I don't really I don't really push any supplements at all, but they have a very great line of uh, of just basic stuff: uh, aminos, creatine um citrulline neutraline um and agmatine so go check out jim Mannion nutrition I'll, I'll put something up on the uh on the ig um mm-hmm. and just take a look maybe you can find some stuff that'll help you out um i always say supplements are more like a um or more like an add-on because you're if you're pushing yourself outside the realm of normal stress you're gonna mm-hmm. need a little. You're gonna need a little extra boost. You, you, you definitely are. That that maybe food or or water will not be able to get you, and also to protect your just your muscle tissue from breaking down, and to provide you with the energy that you need to complete the task at hand. So check out Jim Mannion Nutrition. That's right. And also, since we have supplement friends, check out our other friend Mark from the Nutrition Source, who also sells great supplements as well. Yes, check him out as well, and also. Uh, check out your uh, BAMF Hammer, www.bamfhammer.com uh, for your BAMF Hammers. Uh, they're going through some things right now, um, but they're they're really good guys. Uh, if you can get in touch with them, this will be the perfect time to pre-order. Uh, I, I know they're going to get back to making them very shortly, but they, they, they're dealing with some things. But, hey, you know. Hands high, guys. <laughs> yeah, they'll be, they'll be good and – We'll get we'll get back. They'll be back. That is right. Just say stay, stay tuned, guys. It's a good. It's a tough time for everybody right now. So just hang in there. Yeah. All right. So take him home. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for tuning to the Banging and Clanging Sports Podcast. We love having you guys here. So also check out the Instagram page, Banging and Clanging Sports Podcast. There, we like 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 us there. Subscribe there. 
tell everybody about us. Thank you for tuning in. As always, check out our past episodes. We have great stuff on there as well. And also put check out the Clang and Bang YouTube page. Feel soon how new workouts out there for another season of Clang and Bang. And you can see voices to face and see some crazy stuff we like to do. And that cross one says, check out the Banff Hammer. And I know he knows the spelling for the website. What is it? Crossbones? www.bamfhammer.com. That is right. Get yourself a Banff Hammer. Check out the, the uh, Elimination Chamber tomorrow at an early time, 12 o'clock, where it might be a good time because it's four hours or it's your late night night owl. Maybe later on in the day be great for you where you can stay up all night for a four-hour wrestling show. <laughs> And that's right. And as I finish, oh, I already finished my Greek yogurt and granola. It's a great combination. <laughs> and uh, if you don't, you can always try soup like crossbones. Hot, right. hot soup on a cold winter night. That is right. As here in Georgia, temperatures are in the fridges and tomorrow's going to get colder, I heard. So we may be, I don't know if there's another store storm in the future for us, but hope not. And hopefully spring will be here fast. So we can warm up, get some outdoor training. Tank tops are coming out and the guns out. Sun's out, gang. We'll be here. And as always, we have Crossbones here. Bands whose arms are stronger than Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley combined. Allegedly. Allegedly. And I am Blake Burr, second strongest uh, arms right here next to Crossbones. And we are your gracious hosts on this journey in the wrestling world, entertainment worlds. And we are banging... And Clangin' Sports Podcast. And we'll catch you on the next exciting episode of the next adventures of the Bangin' and Clangin' Sports Podcast crew. Good night.